Good morning, Graceway. Today is September 20th, and this is Pastor David from the Graceway Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. Today, we'll continue our journey through the Gospel of Mark with Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. If you want to follow along, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Let's begin. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. The word of the Lord. So just to quickly summarize, in chapter 1, Jesus was becoming very popular with the people. He was healing, casting out unclean spirits, and teaching with authority. If Jesus were a regular king trying to establish a regular kingdom, he would have capitalized on his popularity. But instead, he turns away from it and tells people to keep quiet, and he moves to other places where he's not known. Then in chapter 2, the local religious leaders start asking him questions because from their perspective, Jesus says and does some questionable things, like he says he can forgive sins. Most disturbing to them, Jesus heals on the Sabbath, a day when no work was to be done. And Jesus had responded to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He reminds them that the Sabbath was made for our benefit and not the other way around. He then makes a messianic claim by saying that the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. That brings us to today's reading. The Pharisees come to the synagogue not to worship, but to trap Jesus. They want to see if Jesus will heal, because if he does, that's considered work on the Sabbath, and then they can accuse him and charge him with breaking the law. In our culture, the significance of the Sabbath or its equivalent, a day of rest on Sunday, has been increasingly watered down. It wasn't too long ago when most stores used to be closed on Sundays and most Christians actually went to church and rested. For the Jews in Jesus' day, it was an especially important marker of their identity. The Sabbath was understood as a gift, a sign of God's favor, a day of rest, certainly, but also of celebration, of studying God's word and worship. Even poor families were encouraged to save something for the Sabbath meal to make it special to honor God. Some rabbis went so far as to propose that the Messiah would come only when Israel had perfectly observed two Sabbaths. Because the Sabbath was so important, people began to more precisely define what it meant to keep the Sabbath, to rest from work. They wanted to make sure that they were being obedient to the law. This is good motivation. It's well-intentioned. They want to be faithful to God's commands. So the traditions and the rituals of the Sabbath became an important practice that allowed the Jews to survive as a nation. By not caving in to expediency, by not bowing down to the pressures of the surrounding society, by upholding the holy law of Israel, by insisting on being different from the surrounding culture, the Jewish leaders were engaging in an act of prophetic proclamation. It's as if they were saying, 
Our God set aside one day in seven to be special. In keeping that day special, we are boldly stating to all the world who we are and whose we are. That's a significant proclamation and one we ought to imitate. When we gather together on Sundays here to worship, when everyone else is on a picnic or golfing or watching football, we too are stating who we are and whose we are. So keeping the Sabbath is super important. And Jesus gets that. He knows its importance. That's why he's in synagogue. And that's why he heals. He asks a really simple question. Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? To save life or to kill? This is not a trick question. Of course it's to do good and save life. The Pharisees know the answer too, but they won't answer. They don't answer because while Jesus is moved with compassion and heals the man in seeming violation of the law, the Pharisees have come to the house of God under false pretenses, not to worship, but with murder in their hearts. On this Sabbath, they are there trying to harm Jesus, trying to kill him. They cannot answer because they are guilty. Jesus isn't the Sabbath breaker. The Pharisees are. In setting their trap, they've exposed themselves and are caught in their own deception. We are told that Jesus sees what they are up to and that he is angry. This is quite remarkable. Most of us assume that Jesus was angry when he chased the money changers out of the temple, and he probably was. But the text never says so. This is the only explicit mention of Jesus' anger in the Bible. The tenses of the verbs here suggest that the anger was momentary, but the grief was prolonged and ongoing. It is the momentary anger of justice and the prolonged grief of love. You notice that the scene closes without anyone accusing Jesus of breaking the Sabbath. The Pharisees in their silence acknowledge that Jesus did not break the Sabbath and no charges are laid against him. In one sense, we could argue that Jesus really didn't do any work. He didn't apply any medicines. He didn't actually even touch the man. All he did was say something. So you might be able to argue that Jesus didn't technically break the Sabbath even though he healed. But for the Pharisees, it's a bigger issue. They're silenced because they themselves know that they are breaking the Sabbath. It is upending their world. It seems to me that if we are to follow Jesus, then we also need to keep the Sabbath, to keep it holy. We cannot carelessly do whatever we feel like just because we are under grace. We need to make the effort to gather together for worship. We need to connect with others, to reconnect with ourselves, and reconnect especially with our Creator. We need to spend time away from our regular work. For most working people, this isn't much of a problem because you're not working. But what about for those of you who are in school? I want to suggest that this means that you ought to consider not studying for a day. Whatever regular work you are engaged in to keep your world or your house or your life running, take the day off and trust God to keep things running without your work. Let me leave you with the reply Martin Luther made to his younger friend, Philip Melanchthon. Melanchthon said to Luther, Martin, this day we will discuss the governance of the universe. And Luther replied to his eager friend, Philip, this day you and I will go fishing and leave the governance of the universe to God. Well, 
that's it for today. But be sure to join us next time for more from the Gospel of Mark. This is Pastor David from the Graceway Sunday Morning Bible Study Teaching Team, signing out.